You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. On the show today, my conversation with Dan Wilson, the host of the Locked On Phillies podcast. We talk in this episode about kind of the specific fits and which free agents we hope our teams go after. So a nice part two of our crossover episode with Dan Wilson. about uh Didi Gregorius you can bring him back as as a uh, as a shortstop I wanted them to give him a qualifying offer at 18.9 million dollars for one year it's a little bit above what his per year value probably is but only because he's kind of been a bit of a yo-yo as a player like one good year one mm-hmm. not so great year at the plate he's coming off a really good year with the Phillies again it was a 60 game season limited sample size but I think here's a guy who bet on himself to try and enter this free agent market. He seems to like Joe Girardi. He definitely likes Joe Girardi from his time with the Yankees and now with the Phillies. Seemed to enjoy his time in Philadelphia. All the good cliches you'd want about him. Good clubhouse guy, all that stuff, right? So you bring a guy like him back, but they didn't offer him a qualifying offer. And now he's hitting the free agency market and he might be looking for a two, three-year contract at say 40, $45 million on the maybe a little bit more generous end. I would have rather brought him back for one year, especially because one of the top prospects in the Phillies organization, Bryson Stott, is a shortstop expected to come up in 2022. Mm-hmm. I think a one, you know, I'll call it another one-year rental, a somewhat expensive rental, and maybe they didn't want to commit to the money. But the only reason I can come up with that they wouldn't extend the qualifying offer to Gregorius the same way they extended one to Real Muto, kind of knowing that he wouldn't accept it, is they were afraid that Gregorius would accept it and don't think he's worth that much for one year, but I would take them. I would prefer to spend a little bit more for more short term. Yeah. than give a guy, you know, three, four years who has proven ne- never really proven that he can put up consistently good numbers for that long in a row. Well, the thing about Didi is, you know, I feel like his offense since at least I, mean, I might be wrong, but like since like 2015, like he began to turn a little bit of a, of a, of a corner offensively. Um, and that was always the issue with him. Like, yeah, pre-2015, you know, the guy didn't play a ton. But after 2015, you know, he's hit over over 260, say, in uh, 2019, every single year. And, uh, you know, putting that together for him is important because he's always brought that defense. Like, we know he's a really good defensive player. I'm with you. I think the qualifying offer, like, at worst, okay, it's one year, and you're paying for a guy who, you know, is not going to get – yeah, I mean, sure, he doesn't give you good enough offense, but, like, that's a guy who can play shortstop every single day. And – you know, worst comes to worst. No, he's not. I mean, he's not going to break constantly. But if that's a if that's a hole for you and you need to fill it, it's a guy you trust who likes being there. And I know it's it's expensive, but maybe they do. Dan think they can get him for less than that. Um, that would I, be per year. He would definitely want more years. Well, I think he would be miff that he didn't get a qualifying offer then and be like, you know, hey, I might go sign. You know, they'd have to. Yeah, they'd have to offer him more money, right? They'd have to like be. You know, so Gregorius, just so you know, is. not supposed to, will turn 31 before the beginning of the 2021 season. 
He has played in the big leagues since 2012. He, like you said, he really only turned the corner offensively in kind of the latter half of his career. He had an 827 OPS this year, uh, the year before 718. I believe he missed some time to injury in that season. 829 the year before that was really good. 796 the year before that, but kind of his offensive seasons, I'll say 2015, 2016 and earlier were not that great. The guy's getting older. I don't think it makes sense bringing him in through age 33, 34, whatever it is, when you could spend a little bit more money just to get his age 31 season and then reevaluate. Maybe you think uh, we don't even know what's going to happen. Something we haven't addressed with minor league baseball next year. I don't know how many at bats a guy like Bryson Stott's going to get next year, but let's say his stock's really high a year from now. And you're like, all right, DD, like you were great for us, but we don't need the next two years of you. We'll bring up this kid. He's going to be great. Why not? spend a little bit more money to give yourself a little bit more flexibility in a situation like that with so much unknown. I, I just don't agree with their thinking in that. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, a guy like Didi Gregorius and, and you you think about like, because there's so many, it's like there's so many guys who are in his spot. Like there's just so many players who are that age right now. And I know maybe just, maybe just me thinking, but kind of go through the list. There's a lot of guys. Every, every, every baseball free agent. It's like, ah, they're right. like 30, right? Well, yeah. it's just, it's just the way it works. It's like, you know, the, the nature of the contracts. And one interesting point you bring up too is, uh, is with the, with the uh, farm system, because I'm actually going to talk to RM Layton. He does the locked on Marlins and locked on prospects. And, you know, I was talking to him, texting back and forth. And he was saying, Oh, I've got some news for you, you know, about uh, there was some Marlins scrimmages apparently in the na- against the nationals. And you know, he's like, I got some news in some of the nationals arms. It sucks that I'm having a you know, guy love arm. I, I hate the fact that I'm having a good arm to hear about, you know, how these guys are doing right. And some controlled scrimmages because there's no reps. They're not getting reps in, in minor league baseball. Right. I mean, that's how these guys, you know, like it's, it's hard to develop these players and you know, the, the pitchers can at least it's, it's a bit easier for them. Right. You know, we, we also thought about this year, we know we were concerned about maybe where the pitching would be in relation to hitting. We didn't really know what was going to happen there, but it's hard. It's hard to get better at baseball if you're not. Playing yeah. Especially baseball. in the field. Like, you know, like t- you can feel grounders and stuff, but like, you know, playing and building chemistry with guys, you know, playing middle, especially in those middle infield spots. Like you need the reps. Like we saw it with Luis Garcia at second for the Nats this year, just needs a, a boatload of reps at second base to be good. And, you know, he wasn't going to get those. Any, I mean, I can't imagine if he sat there, this offseason, they're not getting those those reps that he needed uh, to, because his problem is fielding. And a lot of these guys are having those issues. Luckily for the pitching wise, you're a bit better off because those guys can still throw, not game situations all the way, right? But they can still throw a little bit and, and you know try to do the best they can. But the farm system, man, it hurts because a lot of teams, they can't find guys in the farm system to bring up as options or as, or as you know, answers to some of their free agency questions, right? They're going to, uh, or, or some of their opening questions, they're going to have to go to free agency to get those players because they don't have anybody to bring up because nobody's proven themselves. I do think they need to, I mentioned the idea of playing Scott Kingery every day. He, they signed him to a six-year, $24 million contract. I believe it was two seasons ago. Now, he was a guy who just kind of come up, but they wanted to hand out that contract right away, make sure, you know, he wasn't, show their level of commitment to him, right? He was not good at all in 2020. I don't think you can enter the season and say we're committed to winning this year or at least pretend to be if you're planning on starting him at second base every day. Again, you have a shortstop already in Gene Segura. You moved him around a little bit this year to accommodate for Gregorius. 
moved him to second base. Alec Bohm came up. He played third base. You work King Green in the lineup. Sometimes, obviously, you had that extra hitter with the DH to work him in. But if you don't have him this season, you're already having a pitcher bat. I don't think you can roll, be like, ah, we're playing Scott Kingery 162 this year. That's not going to work. doesn't cut it in my mind's eye. I think that's kind of the same idea, if not worse, as saying every fifth day Vince Velasquez is going to start. Like, you're asking for trouble. It's a proven scientific experiment that has not worked time and time again. Velasquez even more so than Kingery. I think you have to sign someone, whether it's Gregorius or otherwise. And there's a big shortstop free agency class i believe it's next year coming up so that's another reason why if you sign gregorius to a one-year deal maybe he doesn't get that same kind of money next year because the Corey seegers of the world are going to have their contracts attended to first before dd gregorius uh who is the who is the biggest free agent you think the phillies get this offseason like the one the one you're like they need they should do this they need to do this this is the one i want to see outside of real muto so I actually, my first show of Locked on Phillies was saying that there is actually a such thing as signing Real Muto for too much. If Cohen and the Mets want to give a 30-year-old catcher five, six years and are willing to pay all the money for him, maybe you look elsewhere. Now, maybe you go the James McCann route and sign someone like George Springer because center fielder is another, center field's another need for the Phillies that they don't really have a permanent option for they kind of did a platoon of Adam Hazley and Roman Quinn, neither of which are great hitters. Roman Quinn, good defensive player. He gets on first base. He steals. Not a great bat. They don't know if they're going to bring back someone like Oduble Herrera, who obviously had some issues with domestic violence earlier in his career. It's kind of a little bit of a weird situation. I don't know if you can rely on any one of those guys to be your everyday starting center fielder. Sign a guy like Springer, who's around the same age. His defense again, may start to wear off the same way a catcher would around that age, but at least give you a little bit more durability. It doesn't take quite the same beating. And if you get James McCann as a substitute for JT Romuto, if you told me right now, Phillies could get James McCann and George Springer, deal with the devil, like no look and let the rest play out, I think I would take it. All right. Uh, you got anything else? I'm, I'm kind of good on everything. I, who tell me give me a little insight on what are the nationals doing who the hell uh, knows man who the hell knows what they're gonna do uh they need an outfielder so adam eden's gone uh obviously they're gonna need to fill that gap and and eden had a, a year left on his contract but they had to part ways with them because it just wasn't gonna work out uh he, they need more production they need somebody you know you look at the mvp voting right they've got two of the top seven guys i think trey was seventh and uh, um i want to see and, and he lost a mvp vote to... It didn't, which is just like I think two people didn't even vote for for um Juan Soto too, which like you know you can go kick rocks whoever that was, um but they they need some protection right I mean you, you think about Soto and Turner and um I think Turner belongs in the front of the lineup as a table setter I think having him in the lineup um you know if you're gonna have Turner hitting three or fourth that that's an issue because that means that you you know you didn't get enough protection for Soto. And so I think an outfielder, Michael Brantley, a, uh, you know, a, if you're not going to go all the way out and go out for, for, I mean, let's be honest, Springer makes the most sense for them. Um, it's a natural fit. It's more protection. It makes more sense on defense. Everything just would fall into place. They can, you know, they could, um, they do have some flexibility. They could move one side into right field. And I think the fact that they played him there towards the end of the season did that. So that might give them some flexibility if they want to get a Marcelo Zuna and they're, I mean, 
outfield wise, like he can only play left and he's just not very good. <laughs> he's just, he's not very good at fielding. They're praying the DH comes along. So outfield's there catcher. They have Jan Gomes. Uh, I think, I think they're more, more likely to go after a guy like James McCann. Than they would be go after a guy like Rio Muto. Um, just because I think Jan Gomes is a good option. And if he's your number one, it's actually not the worst thing in the world. As long as you have a good number two along with him, or if they want to bring up, uh, they got Trace Barrera, who's a guy that they've wanted to bring up for a while. Um, pretty decent hitting catcher. So they could see what they have there. Uh, DJ LeMahieu was my dream for them because I think Luis Garcia. Great. Like, I mean, amazing. Great. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I think because Luis Garcia is not ready to be a full-time second baseman. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the reality is he's going to be playing second base a good amount next year because I, I think they were going to have to move Starlin Castro to third because Carter Keebum has been horrible. So I think that we'll try in the beginning of the season to go with Keebum at third, Castro at short, and Garcia is just kind of there, you know, filling in where he needs to, and Josh Harris will be there too. I do think there's a world, though, where it's Garcia and then they move Castro to third. I would like for them to get LeMayhew so they can have both LeMayhew and, um, you know, LeMayhew and Castro. Castro's a pretty decent hitter broke his wrist this year so you know that's kind of the, the skinny for them and also too they need a fourth uh i think they'll fill the fifth starting rotation spot on their own but they need a fourth guy because right now it's the big three you got scherzer strasburg corbin and then you're gonna have to uh, they, they let anibal sanchez go and so what they've got now is uh eric fetty who was fine average i think he still got a shot to be a, he'd be a decent fifth starter austin both who was maybe the worst pitcher I've ever seen in my life this year. I, and they, I just had to keep throwing. I felt bad for him. Honestly, they had to keep throwing him out there every fifth day. And it was just a complete train wreck. Um, but they do need the fourth guy. And that's why a lot of these guys, you know, I, I think the one I kind of focused on was Jose Quintana. I think that he would do a lot of good from being the fourth pitcher in a place where not as much pressure on him in DC. Cause he's the fourth guy. Um, he, he can't and, handle New York, but he can pitch in DC just fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the market, man, there's not as much pressure. Indeed, you don't have to do all the commercials and whatnot. Yeah. No, but that's just kind of that's kind of the free agency thing right now. And I hope they don't spend a ton of money in the bullpen either. But like this is a this is a roster that's not. I, mean, I know they said they they need a lot of things, not in a bad spot necessarily. Like you got Juan Soto and Trey Turner and those three pitchers. I mean, you should be okay. You know what the difference is also. The Nationals won the World Series two years ago. The Phillies have the second longest postseason drought in baseball, right. and they're just strolling into the offseason like this is business as usual like they didn't lose which is know, ironic because the next was six out of se- like they you know like they didn't lose six out of seven games down the stretch like any if they won any one of those games at Tropicana Field to end the season they wouldn't have made the playoffs like they squandered their chance to make an expanded postseason time and time again with and any one more it's win funny you mentioned would have gotten them in the nationals did the opposite like they you know think they bought themselves some goodwill at the world series it's dc it's not like the, the biggest thing ever they fired three of their <laughs> they fired three of their coaches and basically revamped the coaching staff and at least have uh, their sixth pitching coach in six years i think yeah, it is and, Either I mean, five the, and five or six and six the nats are gonna be out there like they are going to be out i mean they fired pitching coach you know uh you know Derek Lilquist who helped them get to the world series and um you know that was just the reality of, I mean, they, they want to get themselves back to the uh, back to the playoffs and um, they want to get themselves in a position uh, to, uh, you know, win again. Uh, sorry, Derek Lucas got get fired uh, last year. Paul Menhart is uh, is the pitching coach that they did fire. They bring in Jim Hickey and yeah, they're, they're trying to, you know, they're revamping the coaching staff. Um, and I, I expect them to go, you know, get a, get some guys to fill out the rest of the roster too. So um yeah, that's another thing. 
we didn't I was, discuss. I was also you know very many, shocked at the casualness that the Phillies approached this offseason with. Do, do we know how many postseason teams will be in baseball in 2021? Like, do we I don't know, how, but they all might be in the National League East because it's a pretty damn good division, right? I mean, these divisions all kill or no filler. The Marlins, we, we all thought we'd be the worst team made it. Yeah, I all, I fully expected the Phillies should be able to make the postseason too. Well, that's what, that's what I've been saying. This I've been people don't people don't seem to believe me when I said, look, the Mets want to make the playoffs. People are like, lol, Mets, but look at the way they spend money. And they had like even last year, like that should have been a playoff team. They have. I had Ryan Finkelstein on the pod last. He's great. Week. I love Ryan. Ryan's he, awesome. He's he's great. He's awesome. But he's like, look, I'm actually excited to be a Mets fan right now. I and I'm yeah, and I'm like, you have and, to be. And I'm sitting here. I'm like. And the Phillies are just, you know, well, taking their sweet old time. Else. You know, it's horrible, horrifying. Everybody else think about, I mean, the Braves have been so good. The Marlins now are getting enough people in the rotation. Well, I think it's time to start turning their attention to being like to keeping star players, right? No more trading guys off who are good. They're in a position now where they could, um, I think especially the shortened season benefits that group. But if it's a shortened season again next year, they will have uh, a good advantage, a good chance to, to make it again. If they can maybe add a couple pieces. You think about, the, the Nats want to add pieces to compete once again. The Phillies want to compete. The Mets want to compete. The Phillies say they want to compete. Every they... single team, every single team in this National League East now has a legitimate claim to compete. Like, and I know you're saying this, but you, you spent $100 million on Zach Wheeler. You went and got Bryce Harper. You know, if you resign, And they them, still you... missed a 16-team playoff I know, system. I know, I know. Weird season, though. Weird season, though. Yeah, you All think right. 162 games would have done this team better? Yes, I, I think. Oh I think, my! Yeah, no, I think it does. I think it does. They just they just needed more time. They just ran out. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not totally sold. And I've you know talked to a couple people. The Nationals were going to be horrible the entire season if they had more time. You know, like I don't think, you think that, they would have turned it around. Well, I, they, yeah, they I mean, were. Stalin Castro does come back. They definitely make a move at the deadline to get somebody. Like I think that's. You know, well, the, the, the Nationals claim to fame. The Nationals claim to fame is you know 1931 win the World Series. They just, they just need 50 games to get warmed up. Yeah, it's look in a 60 slow, game season. They're slow starters. They got a lot of old men on the team. All right, they got to warm up the knees, warm up the backs, get everybody nice and loose, and you know, they not, they don't play for April and May. Right, right around no. June, that's their opening. You want to yeah, you can't peak too early. Come on, championship team. All right, Dan, where can people find you and your work? Uh, Locked on Phillies on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson for uh, for the best takes in the Delaware Valley and everything locked on Phillies. All right. Uh, you can find me at Josh Neighbors. Find me at LO Nationals. Wait, the, wait, what about Delaware Valley? If you want the best takes in the oh. Delaware Valley, like just sports takes. It, Phillies, A lot of people Eagles, in that area, though, with takes. Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers. I'm not necessarily a pure just throw out takes kind of guy, but I bring witty humor. I like to change it up. Dan Wilson, self-proclaimed funny guy. I'm a self-proclaimed funny guy, yeah. All right, Dan. Uh, you, you can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter. Find the podcast at LO Nationals. You can also find my work at LO Big 12 in the Locked On Big 12 podcast, one of my other endeavors that I have. A little bit of college it, football. Is, is that a new gig for you? That is. I've been doing it for two and a half weeks now. So Very nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dan. It was nice talking to you. Same here.